What? <laughs> you, you can't do that right now, man. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And I'm Laura. And this what? is Tools with Tools, a podcast for the vivacious vagabond. So, everyone, how are we? What's everyone up to? Laura, why don't you go first? Hey. How are you, what have you been up to? Oh, I just finished my uh, latest video. Lately, I've been doing these YouTube premieres. Have you tried that? Oh, it's cool. You should you should try it. I don't know. I feel like there's a mixed opinion about doing premieres. I don't see the downside because it's freaking fantastic. You upload the video to a certain time. And then there's a chat room and you can talk to the people. And then the yeah. video premieres. Everybody can watch it. And then it turns into a regular video. And then you're done for the day. So I love that. Um, so I just did that and I cleaned up my shop and now um, it's Sunday afternoon and now I have three hours off. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm great. I'm fantastic. How are you guys? Uh, I am fantastic. I, I really like the uh, the premieres. I, I know um, a few people that have done, done them. Uh, I'm sure Al will come back in a sec. Um, yeah, I know a few people that have done them and I really like the kind of that instant interaction you get um, through it. And I think, like you say, it means that then you don't have to sit and, and wait for the comments to start coming in. You can get instant feedback from people and actually talk about what's going on. And yep. and yeah, and, and also because I, I so many times and I genuinely because I keep a pen and paper next to uh, next to the desk at all times. I've watched videos before and I've done it on your videos before where I've seen something gone, oh, that's really cool. I need to make a comment on that, but yeah. <laughs> the video so I just quickly write a note down so I can make the comment later. Um, but yeah, you, obviously with a premiere, you don't have to do that. So I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing to do. Yeah. And as a creator, it's cool because you get instant feedback of how, you know, you, you always have this one favorite part of the video and then you can, you know, you can tell like, did they get it? Is it, did I make that clear or yeah. is that still weird? And it's really good. I think for me, the, the, it's almost like a learning session about yeah. my own storytelling. Yeah. If everybody understands what I'm trying to, to tell them. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Uh, Brett, what about you? What have you been up to other than sleeping? I have not been sleeping. That is not fair. <laughs> <Can you tell? laughs> I know my really my voice, Steve. I feel like I feel like this just happens if I talk too much. What in, what time uh, is it in uh, in your time zone? <laughs> it is eight thirty in the morning, which is totally normal and a normal yeah. time for me to be awake. Um, but the last couple of days, I've, I've pulled some very long days just to try and get uh, work done on the cabin. And uh, a little bit of prep work for yesterday because I went, I traveled an hour, hour and a half away to go meet a local blacksmith who has a shop at his house. And we've been chatting through Instagram and he invited me over and was like, why don't you come over and, you know, hang out for a day if you're Jones and the blacksmith. And because I haven't done it in six months, yesterday wiped me and <laughs> I got home kind of late after driving back and I took a shower and just like, I don't remember falling asleep last night. My whole body is sore right now um, <laughs> and my voice sounds amazing. <laughs> um, so it was clearly a good day and I got to make a few things and swing the hammer again, which is, it just, it felt good to get back in a forge and play around moving metal but I'm definitely feeling it today. So my apologies for being a little bit late. <laughs> I am I am out of practice. <laughs> awesome. Um, but it's good that you got back into the swing of things. And I know like after a, a couple months off uh, swinging a hammer around, it's, it can be a little bit tough that first first day back. Um, yeah. Yeah. Al, what about you? You haven't I done have, anything interesting. By I've the not done anything. Um, <laughs> I have finally finished Full Metal Al. Um, everything's done. The whole suit's finished. Weathering, leather, all the fabric work. Uh, the vi the filming's all finished, um, and the edit is literally just finished just before we started recording. So hopefully it will be up this evening. Um, but I'm, judging by how many times Premiere and After Effects have crashed today, um, <laughs> it, it may be a while uh, to get the to get the rent to get the render done. But yeah, all good. Nice. 
There's like fucking opening credits and everything. It's like an Whoa. actual movie. <laughs> how, how long is it? At the minute, it's 25 minutes, but I'm I'm uh, gonna try and get it down below 20. Why? Why? It's Might be just good. Crazy long. <laughs> yeah, but that's good. Yeah. Okay. I we'll wish see. I could make 25 minute videos. I would if I could. Just build yeah. a full suit of armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like um over 600 clips of mm. footage like yeah. more than 12 hours to go through um and that's with me like trying to get better at editing in camera yeah plus it's also like over spanned over two years as well so i'm like <laughs> trawling back through old archived hard drives to get footage and stuff and yeah. i've got like different haircuts and stuff <laughs> <laughs> so it's epic to say the least brilliant wow. i'm really looking forward to that but yeah i'm done and then as soon as that's finished i'm just gonna like basically turn into brett and just completely collapsed and be exhausted <laughs> <laughs> awesome um yeah no, i'm i'm really looking forward to uh to seeing that hope hopefully later tonight providing premiere plays <laughs> ball um but yeah uh funnily enough seeing as you were saying sorry i've realized that no one can see me pointing at brett um but yeah <laughs> seeing as you were <laughs> back uh smithing this week uh we've been obviously back in the workshop we've been carrying on with the uh the live streams again this week yesterday's was a lot of fun uh mm. we had gil coming and cooking some pork belly over the open fire and doing some nice uh cooking outside luckily the weather held out for us um and that was really good that was a, a longer than normal live stream but it meant that I got to eat delicious barbecued <laughs> food at the end of it. It was so much fun. I remember um, the, the last time I saw you eat barbecued food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't end well. <laughs> oh. but, uh, but yeah, um, so we did that. Uh, really, really good fun. Um, we've been, uh, I've had a couple of full days um, back in the workshop now uh again forging and and cleaning stuff up and making new bits of uh stock um because the website's live it means that we're really having to ramp up what we're doing with the business um so we're we're making some more changes uh i'm taking on some some more product stuff because i kind of moved away from product making and more just into the teaching side of things um but obviously at the moment we're, we're not doing any classes so uh i'm going back into doing product stuff with Joe, um, which is really good because it means, you know, upping my skills and everything, um, which is nice. Uh, but we've also this week filmed the third video, which will hopefully be on the channel next Sunday. Um, and yeah, I think that's probably going to be like a 20 minute long uh, video as well, because we're doing, we're working with um, stainless and copper we're making some of the Ooh. copper and stainless ladles i do love the copper mm. stuff mm. um and there's some really really sexy shots in that where <laughs> yeah you've got some uh flames going onto the copper and it all being nice and green and and things like that mm. um but outside of work i've been trying to get into my workshop a bit more and it's not been particularly easy because the the garage is too small and leaks and requires so much work to get it like just to get in there is 20 minutes of faffing around moving things out of the way just to create the space to be able to work and uh my workshop at the moment is currently filled with my landlady's garden waste because i i rent a space off an old lady who fills it with garden waste and I That's can't not move it. Is it? <laughs> um, and I can't move any of it out of the way at the moment because all the uh, the dumps around here is still closed. Um, oh, yeah, so I can't use that. And even when I can get in, I can't move things around easily. Like it's really difficult to be able to um, adapt my shop to the task at hand because the floors are really unlevel, and you know the walls are half falling apart and have plants growing out of them and all that and it looks beautiful like i love my workshop <laughs> it's like a but... tomb raider uh, level yeah <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> it's, it's so nice but it's so shit to try and work in it um and yeah so i i figured maybe we could talk a little bit about uh like creating our own spaces seeing as like say laura you're doing the uh the um horse box i was going to say tiny house but it's not really a tiny house it's like a camper 
Yeah, tiny yeah. camper. Tiny camper. <laughs> hold me closer, um, tiny camper. Hold me closer. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's definitely an episode title. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see Laura as Elton John in front of a piano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, amazing. Uh, that's completely thrown me. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, thoughts on like creating your own space? Like, if you guys could create um, a, a workshop or a living situation that was absolutely perfect for you, what what would be like the main thing um, for like obviously? Main thing for a workshop, main thing for a living situation. What, what would, what would your ideal thing be? So, from my experience over the last, I don't know, twelve years or however long it has been since I had a, cho- a shop, is that like I need a lot of space. That's always the key, and I think that's because um, because of the way I like to work. I like to recycle stuff. That means I. I have to be a hoarder. It's my job. So <laughs> nobody can judge me on that. However <laughs> um, you no, need to I, justify. I, I'm a, like, I'm a collector. I like to find stuff. I like to keep it. I have some, some objects like an, like an old window that I almost used for this camper, but <laughs> it wasn't the right size. So maybe for a future project, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I like to have all these things and uh, I draw a lot of inspiration from that. So I realized very early I need space um just like i need a lot of space and my living my living demands are very very small so when i started i used to live in my workshop in this tiny uh caravan that's still outside of my recent shop and i don't care where i live i don't care where i sleep it's it's all good but my work needs a lot of space so the shop that i have right now that you have all been at is Mm. probably my ideal setup for now yeah. but i remember saying that about every shop that i had <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't change it for the world yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um no but as long as i can collect and i don't know it sometimes it feels to me like a walk-in gallery and i'm a curator of my own interests and i yeah. see objects that i thought were the shit like five years ago yeah. like all these steel letters that i found they're like oh my yeah. god they're so precious i will never throw them away <laughs> and now i realize i haven't done anything with them and they're just in the way but i know there will be a time where i appreciate them more i yeah. i just like the curation of my own interest i like that yeah now um, i'm thinking of laura walking back through her shop just going well this is from the 2010 exhibition it's <laughs> it's quite dated it's from my copper yeah. phase yeah. <laughs> i mean i think i think we've all like talked about it separately on the podcast before like with your workshop with this one the one before and even the one before that like they're they're so they're such cool spaces they're, they're so you just just seeing a walkthrough of your uh workshop can be inspiring and I can remember like, back when I first started watching your videos, um, seeing you use these like random little trinkets and things and, and always think like, where does she find this stuff? Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, how can she suddenly like see this? And now I realize that, you know, it's just the fact that you'll start a project and you've got so many things around you. It's like, oh, that'll work. This will yeah. work. Because you yeah. just, like, see, just collect them all up. <laughs> Plus, and, in the uh, back of the pickup truck is the mystery, the mystery goodness that you're allowed to uh, raise every week. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But the yeah. um, the 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 idea of like this kind of little tiny home and and um, living kind of within your means and the, the things that you need, I, I absolutely love it. Um, and I don't know if it's seeing your builds, Laura or um, uh, Mike, obviously doing the bus at the moment out in the desert. Hmm. But I've also just been like loads of youtube videos of like people converting vans and like old school buses and shit and i love the idea the problem is i've got too much shit and i don't mean like (laughs) um like material possessions like things Mm -hmm. i I cover and what i mean like junk like i have so much like scrap foam and Mm -hmm. like old toys that i'm I'm constantly using for projects like i I don't have to go out and buy stuff because i can just go up into the attic find like an old piece of like an old handbag I got from like a charity store <laughs> to three years ago, take the buckles off it and use it in a project. So as much as I'd love to live in the back of like a transport or like an old, you know, Volkswagen or something, it, it would be really cool. 
there's just nowhere for me to put all the shit. So yeah. it would limit my ability to like make shit out of junk, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The, I totally I totally have the same conflict because I I know that I me personally I don't need a lot and I don't need a lot of people. Mm. I don't need a lot of stuff. I don't I don't need anything as long as I can work. But my work is so huge. And I think that's why <laughs> I have this this desire to to build vehicles and small Uh, you know, it's the fifth or sixth camper that I'm building for a tiny house. <laughs> like, I, I want it so bad, but I can't, you know, I yeah. can't. The only thing I can do is keep building them. And then I enjoy it. And I, uh, it's, I don't know, it's like storytelling for myself. Yeah. What I would think... I need? And oh, imagine, like, I could totally live in this, but yeah. I can't because I have this workshop <laughs> and I, I, I can't go anywhere, actually. But it's, I don't know, it's still entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, like, because me and Jazz have uh, spoken about it so many times about Jazz loves the idea of of a tiny house of a, um, a little tiny home that we can live in that's like let's say like on the back of a trailer or something like that and I love the idea I've always looked at like um, I was saying like the old school buses that have been converted I love that um, and I would absolutely 100% love to do it and if it was just the stuff that's in the house that I needed to put in there then I could easily get rid of the vast majority of the the stuff here but it's it is it's that workshop stuff it's because yeah. i think we're all kind of we'll collect junk and tools and materials and stuff and i think like if i had a warehouse uh and then a little tiny house to live in <laughs> like that that would be the ideal thing for me but i think even with that though i i i think i've struggled because i i love having people over i love having friends here i love um being off of pe like people with a, a place to stay and things like that um so i think like, it's quite important for me to always have at least a second room or you know a, a garden that al can go and camp in because he can't sleep in a house um <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah i think like having having a, a workshop uh or a big workshop is is i think that's kind of a one of the things about um everyone in the maker community like we'd happily sacrifice um like the residential space for the industrial space and um i think what i really like about uh about your workshop about the way that jim's got stuff set up um and the way that i've seen quite a lot of people uh set things up is the the kind of separation of it all so having um like a metal room and a uh a woodworking room or a Yeah, have, having yeah. those things like an, a little electronics desk and things like that, because having a single workspace um, and trying to do so many different projects on it, like um, I think one of my favorite projects that, you, that I always said that I was going to do and never have was um, the like the desktop uh, woodworking bench. Oh, yes, um, the little mini bench. Yeah, that thing yeah, was beautiful like and so good. And I was like, yes, it makes so much sense because then you've got a nice, clean, flat surface and you're not putting like metal shavings and epoxy and stuff on it. <laughs> and uh, of course, I've never got around to doing it, but I also don't tend to do that much like small woodworky stuff. Um, but like that. Don't worry, really... like I never, I never actually used it. <laughs> 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 i don't know why it's so good it's so yeah. practical it, I, i i wouldn't i don't know i never use it yeah. <laughs> like that was one of the first videos i watched where i got really keen on your i think i talked to you about it uh the first time you came to gyms and i met you at the tp build I, i think that was like something i specifically called out I was like, I want to make one of those. And I've had zero desire to make one since that conversation. <laughs> yeah. But do you do you have the same experience? Sometimes you build stuff and you think, this is genius. This is legit something that I need. It will make my life so much easier. And still you don't use it because it's just, it. Ha I don't know. It wasn't there before. It was, it, it was possible before. And I, I don't know what it is, but... But yeah. I, think I, don't know, me, I don't know if you've ever seen any of my videos, Laura, but I think I, <laughs> I, I've never built anything. With <laughs> no, but I think what it is is that it's uh, it's all about the process. And that's yeah. maybe um, the same thing with the shop needs to be big. I need to collect stuff. I need to have room. Whoops. Because it's all about the process. I'm not looking for efficiency. I'm not looking to uh, be better at building one thing. I'm not looking to you know be professional i just want to have as much process as possible um mm. 
and that's why the shop looks like it does because i i like to pick the materials i like to see the changes and metamorphosis as how do you pronounce that and yeah uh, it's it's all about the process never about the product that's why i don't feel bad that i never used this tiny bench it it yeah. it was the process that i really liked and the idea yeah. well and the video the video is genuinely good um one of the projects that i remember watching most recently on your end was the the swing out industrial lamp mm -hmm. it, like well, that's old that's wall. from the old shop right is it that old has it been that long what year is it <laughs> Here is it. Anyway, I was in the old shop. Well, whatever. Oh my god! All right. Well, regardless, that was a that was such a simple and clean and like good solution for lighting in a shop to be able to fold it away. Have you seen Wobie's, uh Ben Wobie's arm camera arm thing that he's been showing off recently? No. Made some CNC files, which reminded me of that, but. Now he's thinking of different attachments. So he initially just had it to where it came out from the wall and it has some articulation and he can put his camera on it. And now he's thinking of putting a laptop stand on it so that he can be on his laptop or like put movies on. When you do these processes on a single project, um, do you ever return to an older project or do you ever expand on something because you don't think you nailed the process or like you want to expand on that process or is it very one and done? Mm, I don't know. It's rarely that I go back to something. There are some topics that I like to return to, but there are always so many other influences by the time I come back to one thing that it's not like, Oh, I remember I wanted to have this move in two directions, then it's always a completely new world that's opened. Like with the with the campers, I've done a lot of campers in tiny houses and it's always completely different. And actually last year when I moved into the shop, my um, my neighbor who has this amazing pickup truck that I can pick all the trash from, <laughs> uh, the metal, he, uh, he sold me a beautiful circus wagon um, and it's, it's perfect. It's from the 50s, I think. I think it's beautiful. It would be a perfect tiny house, but it's too big. I think it's too big. Like, I want to go smaller. Right now, smaller is the is for me the new challenge. Yeah. So maybe after, after that, in two years, I want to build the biggest tiny house or whatever. Right now, I'm interested in doing it as small as possible. Yeah. So that's, I, mean, I hope I answered your question. I, I loved Luca's um, video with the little sort of caravan for the bicycles that he made. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was super nice. And, and like, yeah. when, when he first started doing it, I was like, this is too small, but it's it's exactly what it needs to be. Yep. You know, the size of a sleeping person. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it. I love the form and it just kind of fit perfectly with everything. So yeah, I think small's the new big. So I'd love to see the uh, the caravan thing. Yeah. But what I what I love I, I mean, I know we're we're just talking about the, the tiny houses now, but what I love about them is the fact that they're we think of them as being tiny, but for most of us that's gonna be one of the biggest projects we, yes. we work on like it's it is still a huge thing to do i mean like uh the the um stable door that you did uh for last week's video mm -hmm. like that that is that is an entire project on its own like that's that's the kind of thing that a lot of people would look at and just go oh no that's too much work i can't possibly do that mm -hmm. but you know you've you've broken this this tiny big build down into lots of these little projects like that um and i think like again like that's kind of what i was saying about the um breaking the the workshop in, up into little piece uh, up into little sections the fact that i mean i we talked about bit, things being overwhelming um last week and uh, and i think again like breaking breaking stuff down into those little manageable products uh, uh projects is such an important thing mm -hmm. and and those processes and realizing that actually it it, it is or it might it might be a different product or a different um idea or a different end result but a lot of the time you're still going over the same um process and you're just constantly improving it even if it's not you know it's not necessarily the exact same cut or the exact same um use of it or whatever but that mm -hmm. that process is still being kind of um put into place i mean how many times do you uh have you measured something i mean like what yeah it, it sounds stupid, but one of the things I love in the videos at the moment is um, uh, like seeing the the use of your tape measure. The fact that it's clipped onto your belt, 
and it comes right out. And you stretch it out like that, and you straight back in. It's brilliant. And I, I've tried doing that a couple of times, and every time I try doing it, I end up a bit like getting tangled in it or falling over or it, like smacks me in the leg or whatever, and it just never works right. Like, but I'm sure if I kept doing it, I'd, I'd eventually get the hang of it and go, oh, okay, that's how you do it. And it, I think it's those like repeated processes that make, make a big difference. It's so funny that you say that because I uh, I struggled or I always struggle uh, when I'm shooting a video with my perspectives and with my like the shots that are repeating like the tape measure like marking something mm -hmm. like the the track saw you know sawing into the material and I always think like oh man that must be so boring I use that in every freaking <laughs> video like people will get sick of this but yeah. I try to remember from the creators that I constantly watch, those are exactly the shots that I love. They make me feel mm. at home, you know? They, <laughs> they make me like, oh, I understand what's happening and I understand the next cut will, or the next um, shot will not be 20 seconds of sewing. I know the next shot will be, <laughs> now the, the, the cut is done. And I, yeah. for me, that's comfortable. That's why I keep doing it. But I, I don't know, I, I doubt it every time like is that is that boring i don't know is it boring <laughs> so, yeah. well the little solutions like the i don't i can't remember what you called it but it was the stick you know uh you had the measured story. out story stick right i'd never heard of that before um and just watching you do the process of riveting and having this one regulated jig that tells you where everything goes being able to find those moments within the videos or that was in one of your stories mm -hmm. um seeing how process can change just because you've you've clearly repeated something long enough or like what we're talking about with the tape measure like maybe i just don't want to keep using this thing in the videos well what's the solution for that well i'll just draw a bunch of marks on a stick and do it oh, that yeah. way to me moments like that are whether or not that's something you had done in the past or learned on a project in the past, for me, that was something very new. And since I have to work on uh, my little tiny cabin, there's going to be a lot of repetitive processes with the exterior paneling and things going on on the inside, just measuring out studying and, and making sure yeah. that screws are going in the right way. Now I took a piece of uh, plywood that's three inches wide and it's just, it's probably going to be my story stick. I threw it in my Ooh. truck because I was like, I need one of these. I saw Laura do it. I need one of these. <laughs> it's just a bit of wood. Like it would make no sense to anybody else. But yeah. And that that's how you become a hoarder. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't wish that upon me, Laura. If everyone's a hoarder, then no one's a hoarder. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. I do I, I do have a I do have a full trunk of steel right now from the gentleman yesterday. <laughs> so <laughs> it looks like I'm scrapping at the moment with like one piece of plywood. And some OSB on the bottom, and then leaf springs and coil springs from a bunch People of people. People probably think you're like a, a Una Bomba 2.0 in your little cabin. But the thing is, those, those kind of like little measurements and stuff can can become part of the the space, part of the design of your um your workshop as well like if you know that there's measurements like i mean for us uh in uh in the forge there are certain things that we constantly have to measure out um and whether it's like the length of the leather cord that goes onto the utensils or you know how how long we cut a bit of steel or whatever and um the the bit of plywood that sits on top of the main work table in the in the workshop has got all these random like cut marks and lines and lines that are drawn with chalk like every other day so they're just permanently there but slightly faded and um and anyone isn't gonna have a clue what these things are for for us we know we can walk in and we can go right okay well that's that's for how long the the leather strap is on a blacksmith knife that's how long it is on a uh spatula or whatever yeah and they just i've just invented something well so you've got those like um like story sticks but on the on the environment so like story floors yeah. and story walls and yeah. story angles <clears throat> and ben has that tattoo with the like the, the size oh yeah could you get like don't try this at home could you get like scarring or tattoos on your eyes so when you look at something it has measurements on 
Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you can probably you do it on your on your yeah. glasses, you know, like yeah. etch it into your. Oh, oh that would be a lot glasses. easier. Just do yeah. it. <laughs> That's very <pretty> bad. Idea. <laughs> or no, you could I, not mutilate yourself. I honestly <laughs> thought, like a cool, because every YouTuber is looking for the perfect product to sell, right? Yeah. So here's mine. I want a tape measure that ha doesn't have any marks on it. It's just white, and then. Because the only measurement you need is usually referring to other stuff that you yeah. have, right? Yeah. So when I'm building yeah. a table, the only thing I need to know is how high is a table. Yeah. But the best measurement is myself, like how high would my perfect table be? So I don't need a measurement for that. And then I go with what I have, with the material that I have. So it's it doesn't really matter how big <laughs> that is. Everything will be re no referred to that, you know? Yeah. So I only need a white tape measure so I can mark what I have and then refer to that. You know what I mean? You yeah, don't really need numbers. numbers. So would you have it like like a like a whiteboard so yeah. you can wipe it off yeah. and start again? Yeah. And then you, you or you can mark it in a color and have different projects on it. And then that's like, oh that's red is plywood, you know. I mean whatever. Erase <laughs> that. I want to do that. No, I will never do the project. Mm. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Macromona saying like the the old adage of um measure twice, cut once. Yeah. And he yeah. was just like, no, never measure and just keep cutting. <laughs> yeah. And he's just That's like, just take the piece to the thing where it's gonna fit and just keep yeah. cutting it until it fits. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like it's so simple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's yeah. crazy. Like I have always been so bad at math, like crazy, crazy bad mm. at math. And that's why I'm it's like a like a blind person who can smell really well. Like I'm good with everything to avoid math to a point where it's like it would be so much easier to just calculate it. But yeah. I have like tape and then the pen and then I try to uh, and I don't have to I have to divide it and not blah. Yeah. But it's yeah. <laughs> so the clear tape measure <laughs> would help me. <laughs> I, I really like that idea. <laughs> um I mean actually it would be probably even cheaper to produce it right because that yeah. must be a that must be a thing that you just need the metal then and not yeah. have it be oh if the metal expands the scale is not right anymore it could it could be whatever you know what i mean it doesn't have to, it doesn't need any precision yeah no it really doesn't yeah which i i uh, i found out i really annoyed me with uh i have two tape measures and i've got like a little pocket one that i was like this is really useful i'm going to carry this with me all the time carried it with me for ages and uh, and took loads of measurements off of it until one day I measured something at work. I was like, right, okay, I cut that. And it was a few mil out. Oh, and, yeah. and I was like, no, I measured it. I measured it. And I measured it with my, my tape measure again. I was like, yeah, it's perfect. Look at that. And then we got one of the other tape measures out and measured it. And it was like a completely different <laughs> reading. I was like, what? <laughs> so then I had to compare this one with all the other tape measures and realized that one tape measure was wrong and it uh. completely screwed everything but Shit. if i'd been using your tape measure yep i wouldn't have needed that it's see it's the perfect result <laughs> so can you can you get tape measures made because i want to make um inches but with millimeter increments oh oh <laughs> so like one inch and 12 mil yes that, that would that would help me because i still to this day do not do not understand how that i understand works. inches but i can't get into fucking fractions no yeah, it's like, it's like the whole mass thing again all of a sudden i need to remember all these no sixteenths yeah. and four I, I don't get it ninth. either yeah. yeah and that's like i'm a i'm a, you know that i'm a huge tom Sachs fan the yeah. the artist yeah, yeah. And one of his rules is like you have to know your fractions, and I'm oh. always like, mm, I can't join the club. I can't. I don't <laughs> I'm sure I've got like some calipers or micrometers or something that are that are decimal inches. Yeah. So it's like 0.4 inches. I'm like, yeah. what? This is even worse. So now I've got to think about like fractions, but in the decimal form. But I, I mean, there must be a lot of people that are intimidated by this and don't start building altogether because they're like, I don't know how to measure this. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the, the the clear tape measure would probably help them. Probably. <laughs> I don't know if you guys I don't know if you guys do what I do uh for the last few years, but it's like I'll pull out a tape measure and I look at it and I go, so it's eight and quarter plus two. Like I just <laughs> I know that yeah. I know that, that line is a quarter and then the other ones I don't want to start working on like three eighths and things. So I just go yeah. quarter and then two marks. And that's just what I remember in my head. But that's yeah. not a smart way of doing it. 
because then I stop remembering if it was one marks or two marks after that. Yeah. And it gets really confusing. I, that I would be the application for the clear or the, the whiteboard tape measure yeah. where I just go, it's this, it's this fucking big. Yeah. It's and this write long. That down That's somewhere. all I need to know. Yeah. It would have been, it would have been amazing to have on the cabin because I had 16 feet one direction, but seven and a half feet the other direction. And because of the seven and a half and all this framing done on center. And so none of the measurements or none of the math is just square four by eight <laughs> sheets, right? Everything was a little bit off, but they were all the same. All of these things that were a little off were the same. Yeah. So I, I need maybe that, maybe I need that when they measure. were building it, they had Steve's weird little tape measure. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it sixteen and one sixteenth over here? It doesn't make sense. Um, now, Laura, were you the? Were we in a Home Depot in Albany when you taught me how the little? Uh, I don't know what you would call this—the end of the tape measure. Oh, why it's flexible. Why? Why it moves a little bit. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that before she told me. That was no, like my new favorite thing. no I, I learned that the hard way because I, I bought one and it was, I don't know, like the Stanley tape measures are ridiculously expensive. I think like 12 bucks for a weird tape measure, you know, that yeah. I don't, I, I think that's too much. It should be like two euros because you use, lose them all the time. <laughs> so I went back to the store and said, listen, man, I'm not spending 12 bucks on a broken tape measure, sir. And he was like, it's not broken. It's actually a function. And I felt like an idiot. So I learned the hard way. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Why, why does it move? Oh, for inside measurement. So when you're measuring inside a box, it takes away its own thickness from the uh, lip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's, yeah, okay, that's. Kind of probably not good entertainment for podcast listeners but. <laughs> no but it yeah, probably looks very time. silly with me just touching a tape measure <laughs> yeah i just saying, the thing is the amount of listeners that are going to be doing exactly the same thing going oh <laughs> i never knew that yep, I, so I have purposefully i have purposefully not used tape measures because i thought the end of it was broken and it would ruin my measurements <laughs> yeah around. yeah yes, but i, I like I like the the wooden um, the wooden rulers. Oh yeah, the fold out. That's ones. right. For, like for smaller, for shorter measurement, I love the wooden rulers, and for longer things, I like the tape measure. But yeah. those are two different things. <gasps> a clear <gasps> shit, a clear wooden thing that would be even easier because it would be beautiful just wood. <gasps> you can do it. You can get the lignum where you remove the. That's what I can just yeah. send it off. God. <laughs> This is getting into high end. Laura goes into yeah. full on science experiment. So you need to create the clear wood. Yeah. Where do I get wood without printing on? This, this has gone from uh, a podcast to a product development meeting. I love it. Oh, that's, yeah. Well, that, that's actually another thing. If you work with wooden rulers, because they are the ones that I always used, where you can, it's another great content for podcast listeners, where you yeah. see the, the wood grain through the printing, and they are yeah. the ones like the um, with commercials on it that are painted completely, like white or orange or whatever, you know? Yeah. And then there's, so you can't see the wood. Never get those because they use the cheaper wood with like, yeah, it's ah. like less quality because they paint it anyways. So with the clear ones, they have to use the big, the the, the good wood. It's usually like uh, glass smart. birch or something from Sweden. Yeah. See, so I, always get those. I, uh, I've never used the wooden ones because partly because they always feel a little bit like they're going to be a bit off. Um mm -hmm. But also because they tend to burn a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely just did a quick Google and and they've made see through wood. So yeah, I think we've got a product. Yeah. Um, what they they what they make see through? Yeah, they can yeah. strip out the the. I think it's taking the cellulose out of the actual fibers of the wood and you make it like what? Wood. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> What is that new? Is that like that's, that's why when Al said clear, you were like, "Yes, yeah, a very clean wood or like a very nice wood." And it's like, "No, actually clear, see through." Oh man, that wood. would be so good. Yeah, clear. I will write it down. Laura's going to <laughs> <a> whole <laughs> science experiment. It's going to be crazy. Uh, amazing. Um, <laughs> the thumbnail is just you holding nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and the videos will be so bad because nobody knows what the fuck I'm doing. You know, how is she measuring? <laughs> It's just a bunch of weird hand movements. I also have a clear pencil. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Welcome to the future. Yeah, Yeah. this is the future. (laughs) Nice. I think the um, so weren't we what were we talking about actual workspaces <laughs> <laughs> see-through workspaces yeah and your, your point Brett about the um like the the sheet sizes and stuff I remember when I was building Hack Shack I had in my head I was obsessed with like how big an eight by four is and how how wide the doors have to be and how I have to get it in and as if everything I was going to be making was like cabinet furniture on a table saw and that and the whole you know the the whole workshop had to be 16 feet long because then I could pass it through never once has a single sheet passed into the hack shack like <laughs> everything I make is scraps and there was never a sheet good the first mm-hmm. sheet that came into the hack shack after three years was the aluminium like yes. two weeks ago for full metal al <laughs> and there, there was no problem with like the sizing and the spacing to me the biggest issue was like orientation of stuff mm. so things that are on my right because I'm right-handed or things that need to rotate in a certain way or tools work in a certain way. So like I have to use the grinder from one direction or the chop saw or anything like that. And that kind of hit home to me that the the layout of things is way more important than the the size of things. So even when I'm thinking about things like um, a camper van or or like your van conversion, Laura, with the bed and like the pull-out drawers and shit, it's all about like almost like Tetris. So like how things slot in and how like – you know the way you the way you move in a, in a space and especially the way i use tools so even something as simple as like where my vice is on my bench compared to how i use a saw mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's taught me so much about laying things out properly because otherwise shit's just in your way constantly yeah yeah 100 percent. there's this super interesting um i recently saw this exhibition about kitchen design and the the first mass manufactured kitchen um, was from a Austrian architect, um, Margarete Schütteliholzki. <laughs> so just in case you uh, want to yes. know, <laughs> just in case you want to write that down, yep. Margarete Schütteliholzki. <laughs> um. um, <laughs> and she's an architect, um, but she she was never a cook or like a, a housewife. So her take on kitchen design was completely different. And she thought about how many times um, a woman back then, <laughs> no man cooking, never ever, <laughs> <they used> to <laughs> has to uh, walk back and forth. And w- what are the most strategic points to you know place the oven and whatever. And I mm. thought that was so interesting because there are so many things that you just accept to be correct. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like math, but... In actuality, it doesn't really matter to you. It's just something to, it's just a concept to make it the same for everybody. But if you're just by yourself, it could be whatever, whatever you want. So, you know, the, the layout is, is 100% your own. What is it? Everybody's raising their hand. Did I win something? (laughs) (laughs) I just had a point to make that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I was just going to say like on, on that, the fact that, um, we get uh i obviously we work with a lot of chefs we've um met a lot of people in the, in the food industry and it's it's a really really big thing about um how you set it up i mean i i used to do it with um uh when we were going into bars like i'd go in and we'd uh we'd spend a long time just figuring out you know where's the best place to put that fridge as opposed to this fridge what's going to go in that why this tap can't go there and it was always the same in the kitchen. Um, I mean, when we were out at gyms for the axe class, uh, one of the students there was a guy called uh, Will Shear. Um, and that, that's his job. His job is to go into commercial kitchens and basically design it and custom build um, like the stainless steel units to make sure that they go in and make sure things flow really nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that does kind of like, I mean, it, again, it goes back to what I was saying right at the beginning about my uh, workshop. Like, I love it as as an aesthetic thing. My workshop, brilliant. It's really cool to go in there. You know, you feel like you're um, like you should be using a, a hammer and anvil, and you know, doing some blacksmithing and everything because it's six hundred years old or whatever. But when it comes to actually trying to be productive and trying to get through projects, it just becomes an absolute nightmare. Um, like even down to little things like just not not being able to store anything because you know, if I put things in um, 
uh, in drawers, then the drawers fill up with water because the entire thing leaks constantly. Um, uh, I can't leave stuff out because it's always in the way, but I can't put it here. And there's there's no flat surfaces to be able to put um, things on. I can't put shelving up because the walls fall apart as soon as you try to put anything in them and all this. And it 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 was one of those things that like when I first went in, I was super excited about it. But now trying to use it as a um, as a workspace as, a, as opposed to just a hobby space, um, that's when I've started to notice the these kind of uh, things that affect the pro productivity of it. Um, so yeah, I think like having having a good idea of your flow is really important. I mean, that's why I said to Brett last week about or the week before about like trying to make sure that as much as possible you keep things on wheels. You can reconfigure it for the job that you're doing well i was discussing the oh, i'm sorry <clears throat> i was discussing the the kitchenette space that i have to build mm. at the cabin because currently it's it's got the plumbing set up for it um and the gas lines so like that wall is going to stay that wall i don't want to move any of the gas lines or hot water or anything so I'm I'm given a space to work within. I have a wall that is this size and I have a couple of pipes and fittings that are in this configuration. But similar to what you said a minute ago, Laura, like I I have become so aware of all of the apartments that I lived in where it's like, oh, I guess I just put cabinets down here and then a thing here and then that's where the sink goes. And, and then ninety centimeters a... deep, and this exactly. like every other fucking cabinet everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and and maybe it's because you know the current project with the horse box, but but also just like I went back and rewatched pretty much anybody that I knew that had done like a tiny home build or anything like this, and now now my brain's starting to switch around a little bit and going, none of that matters. Like all that matters that if is if this is my space, what do I need? Yeah. Steve and Al are very aware that like at my apartment, um, at least for the clothing situation, like I don't have furniture to store clothing because if clothing goes away behind a door, I forget that I have it. And it works very, very similar in the kitchen. Like I could buy three cans of soup and they go in a cabinet and then six months later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have soup. I I have such a hard time when it comes to cabinets and also building cabinetry just doesn't interest me at all. Like this, I, I have a solution for you. Go for it. See through. <laughs> you know, they make this see through wood now. I heard the product of the future. How it's about almost you just... like a see through glass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. yes. Wow. Thank you, Laura. I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> Anytime. Um, so instead of having anything in front of it, because I don't even want glass, like, why does it have to have a door of any kind, right? This, yeah. is, this is what I was getting at. It's just, it doesn't really need these right. things that have been needs in the past, right? Every cabinet has to be closed and it's a solid panel because glass ones are expensive, you know? Um, but what if it's really just a series of shelving solutions or like yeah. uh, they look like shelves and you can grab the front of it and it pulls out. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it still has all of the functionality of a drawer, but doesn't have a faceplate on the front of it because who cares? Does it need one? I'm starting so, to ask all of these questions now about like, what have I, what have I never appreciated about this thing? Or why don't I like cabinetry that looks like this? Um, because I'm within such a small space, uh, Laura, things like the, the floating shelf for the iPad that you did a while ago, right? Yeah. Um, and those lighting solutions with the drawer coming out. I'm like, all of these things are starting to make sense. I'm like, God, I know why she did this now because you don't want six things here. You want one thing. <laughs> yeah. But it has exactly. to serve all six of those purposes. Yeah. So, I think we, like, I, I love that kind of thinking. I think there, there are, with, traditional kind of styles of builds and things like that there's there's almost always a reason behind it but um but like you say it, it depends whether that reason works for you like uh my kitchen when we built that out i made a point of making all of the work surfaces um quite a bit higher than uh than the normal ones because just for every time 
Yeah, to really annoy Jazz. Um, she actually has, she's got a little stool that she has to stand on. It's really cute. Um, but because whenever I was in a kitchen, um, like cutting things up, if I was spending half a day cutting veg or whatever, my shoulders would just tighten up and I'd be hunched over and it was uncomfortable. Whereas this one, it's raised up a little bit more. It's so much more comfortable. I'm really happy cooking in my kitchen. But I also did the same thing of like, I'm not putting any cupboard fronts on it because... I want to be able to see, I want to be able to get in and you know, I want to have nice things that I can kind of almost put on display. And um, it works brilliantly, except uh, don't put, uh, or below the, the work surface, put cupboard doors on that because otherwise you end up with food and shit and all sorts of crap getting on top of your uh, your stuff that's below it because we're messy and, and stuff drop. Um, that's, that's the one bit of advice I can give you uh, with regards to that. But I, I think it's, it's, it's great. It's, I, I love looking at, um, at, like you say, like these traditional values that, or not values, but like traditional styles and traditional ways of doing things and going, okay, well, I get why they do that, but that, that doesn't apply to me. And, yeah. and I think like you say, with the tiny houses and stuff like that, it's, it's really interesting because it just, so much of it just doesn't apply yeah and i think that's the that's the it's not a defeat if you end up at the same results as yeah the regular kitchen you know oh after a year and everything full, is full of dust you think okay maybe maybe i have to make a list of soups that i have and put that on the door <laughs> but at least my soup is now dust free whatever it, it's okay you know but i think it's interesting to have the chance to challenge these concepts and to see if that really fits your world and i think that's the beauty of our job <laughs> to to just make things and create uh, in in our universe and that's the thing that we all we, we always get the most shit for that but that's actually what we do is to challenge what is out there and to just present alternatives. And what I think is so funny is that when people get really, really angry about, no, 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 it's all wrong. You need, you need doors. <laughs> otherwise your soup gets dusty. <laughs> 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 that, that, that is actually the, although it feels like troll and although it feels like negativity, that's actually the feedback that we want because we want, we, we want yeah. to transport that yeah. into other people. Like, really, do you need them though? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and if you're so angry yeah, about it, you absolutely. probably need them. So yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This it's, is, this is, it's, I'm glad we're having this conversation now because I'm going to spend the next couple of days really trying to sort out, call it ergonomics, but I, I love this idea that, um, Mrs. M, whatever, or Miss M, whatever her name was. <laughs> I'm not going to try and pronounce it. The designer that was working. Oh, oh, <laughs> Margarita Shudnotsky. <laughs> there you go. So the idea, the idea um, similar to things like uh, the work Tom Sachs is doing and any, any of these industrial design people where they try to search or they try and put in a decent amount of work to figure out what ergonomics are or, or what is the usage case, right? But I feel like very rarely do we put that on our own living space or even workspace, right? Because we've been so conditioned to think that mm -hmm. like, this is just how a chop saw works. Now yeah. you've seen all of these people making flip top tables where 20 years ago, they would have gone, you can't put a planer on a flip top and like store it underneath. Well, why not? If yeah. it serves the function and also doubles the storage of the container, great. As far as this tiny house goes, everything's gonna be so focused on minimalistic and making sure that everything goes away that idea of challenging not necessarily challenging the norm and being like i'm not going to do anything traditional no there are going to be applications that are there's a reason things have been done that for years and years and years but yeah, yeah the first comment i get about somebody going you can't do it that way because this and be like well i did and it works yeah. those are really cathartic yeah. moments for me because whatever work or whatever thought process went into me making the thing that way it was a proof of concept more than anything so whether or not that person agrees with it in the comment section doesn't really matter, but it's kind of fulfilling or gratifying for me to go, but I did. And that yeah. was the attitude I had before I made this thing. Yeah. So fuck yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think that's, that's such a, a good way of putting it because at the end of the day, like all of us that are doing, um, uh, making stuff, whether it's, 
uh, making stuff for YouTube or whether it is just a case of making stuff in, in your own home. Essentially, we are all designers because we're all designing yeah. our own project. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously not to like the level of someone like Al, but you know, e even at Al's level, like he's still uh, questioning why things are done like this. Like, and it's that whole thing of, of knowing the rules and understanding the rules so that you can break them. Um, mm -hmm. But also so that you can give other people kind of the the confidence to to break them as well, and and showing them that they can be broken, and and that it's okay to do that. And I think that is spiffing. <gasps> people that we think that are spiffing. Uh, okay, in which case, yeah, let, let's let's go. Balls, it is. Brett. All right. <laughs> so my spiff this week, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, we met a gentleman named Jan last year at uh, Maker Central. Uh, he goes by Nerd Inventor. I'm sure you guys all yes, know who he is, yes, right? Yes, yes. So I got a surprise package in the mail the other day. And this is, I don't want to base this spiff around gift, gift giving, right? Not your other um, it was It was the fact that I watched the video of the thing he sent me. It was he electroplated a Game Boy and Ooh, showed all uh, this yeah, process. Yeah. And he was really proud about how the video came out. And then we were chatting a lot while he was doing the edits. And it felt it it felt really nice to like share that back and forth and going, yeah, so you could work on this. Or like the edit is not too long. It's great. You're showing a good job of this part of the process. And then a couple months later, now I'm holding the Game Boy that he made, and it's it was just it was a really nice moment to be able to see and appreciate somebody's work. It was obviously a gift, but like the one thing I wanted to do after watching his video was hold it and see what it looked like because ah, nice, yeah. I've never seen yeah. an electroplated piece of plastic before like this. And you know, cheers to him for having the details of making his own label that says Maker Adventure on the cartridge, and yeah. it, the cartridge yeah. itself is an English version which he said was hard to get of cutthroat Island. So nice. <laughs> he, he is very good at gift giving, but also he did a brilliant job on the project and I'm floored that I actually get to, to hold on to the thing and appreciate it forever. Cause he did a great job. Nice. And whatever. <laughs> He's great. He's great. Yeah. I don't know what to say other than I'm, I feel really spoiled. And that was, that was just a really nice thing thing to receive the other day yeah no that's a, a very good shout uh i have a lot of love for him myself um al you are next um i don't know who to spiff because no one sent me anything um so this is um i'm assuming you've and um, because everybody's seen it because it's mark rober um his uh dartboard video where the dartboard moves when you throw the dart it's genius He's very clever. Um, yeah. Somebody else has done something very recent, and it's a relatively new YouTube channel, and the channel is called Stuff Made Here. And obviously he references the, the Robo Dartboard, but he's made a basketball uh, net where you can't miss. And the first one he made was just CNC'd out of wood, and it just it was a parabolic... No, I'm going to say it wrong. Hyperbolic paraboloid. So a 3D curve on the backboard and basically it makes every shot you take go in because the way it bounces like a satellite dish every shot aims it into the net it's genius so i watched this video and i was like oh this guy's really cool and he calculated it all and he did he ran all the maths and uh carved it all out and built this thing and i was like i like this dude and he's only got a few videos and then last week he updated it with a totally new one and it's like a robotic version of the the, the, the backboard that basically moves so the backboard is robotic and it calculates the arc of the ball through the air and basically changes every, with every shot. And it's so funny. He's like, he's he's set it up so it's got facial recognition. So if, if he's playing someone else, it makes yeah. them miss for all his <laughs> shots go in. That's so cool. <laughs> but the guy, the guy's obviously like an engineer. His um yeah. his, his setup is like totally legit. There's all sorts of like mills and CNCs and stuff. Well, but, I yeah, could do that if I had all that stuff. Yeah, if I had all that stuff. It was fucking genius and really creative. Um, but yeah, his, his channel's like uh, relatively new. I think it's like a couple of months. Um, he's only got, he's got, he's got less videos than me. He's got, he's got 10, 10 videos. Ten um, 
but check it out. Yeah, stuff made here. It's super nice. Yeah. Sweet. It's uh, a really good chat. I'm uh, browsing the uh, video list at the moment, and I'm, I know what I'm doing for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Laura, what about you? Who would you like to spiff? I want to spiff um, Dave Harkins and the Precious Plastic Community. I don't know if you've heard yes. of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've just been there la Friday, two days ago. It was funny. I drove to the Netherlands because they're leaving their workshop. Um, mm. And they have all kind of plastic sheets left over that they produce themselves out of waste material. Oh, yeah, just because you know them, but just to explain it for the audience yeah. who, who don't know him. Um, so he came up with three different machines to recycle plastic on your own. It's a shredder, it's an extruder, and a press. And he not only built the machines, but he also made open source um, building plans in two different levels, which I think is pretty cool. So it's for the home recycler and for somebody who wants to start a business. And with these plans, he also wrote business plans. So if you want to get into recycling business, he he wrote the plans, like what you can expect to make uh, within a year and what kind of funding you would need. And he built this huge community. It's just a, he's a genius, really. And a very, very, uh, very nice dude, I think. Uh, we just said hi and bye, but uh, he, he seemed nice. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they're leaving their shop and they had a couple sheets left over and uh, they pointed it out on Instagram and said, if you want it, just tell us what you're going to do with it and then you can have it. So I wrote them and I, I said, I, I would like to use a sheet for my tiny camper. <laughs> so I drove to the Netherlands. I wasn't sure if I could drive over the border. It's just, it sounds so long. It's one and a half hours from Cologne, so it's yeah. not a big deal. I drove all the way to the Netherlands. But when I was over the border, I was like, oh, shit. I knew I could get in, but can I get out? Like, can I go <laughs> it took so me six years to get out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I drove there and picked up the sheets. And it's it's the community is fantastic. Check out the precious plastic stuff. It's very... It's not only a good idea, it's also so well designed. It's so well yeah. made and so, so thought through. It's it's good. All of it is good. And he has a YouTube channel for his own stuff as well. Dave Harkins with 2K. Uh, he has a cool uh, like story hopper, I think they're called. Random stories from all over the world. He was trapped in India during the coronavirus breakdown because he wanted to travel somewhere without a plane. I forgot. And then he was in India. <laughs> It was pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. So that video is very interesting. Um, yeah. Check it out. Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm, I've just brought his um, YouTube channel up now. I, I'm going to have a look at that. In a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's a really good chat. I, I saw the, uh, the precious plastic stuff uh, on your story Friday. And um, yeah, I'd looked into it a little bit after that. And it's really, really cool what they're doing. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely uh, worth people checking out. Uh, I was, I was gonna, uh, basically, uh, my nephew. He's thirteen, and he's just got into. Um, he wants to be a mechanic. He wants to. Well, he wants to be a mechanic. He wants to be a blacksmith. He wants to be a fabricator. He wants to be a carpenter. He wants to be a bike mechanic. He just. Oh. He wants to work with his hands, especially if it's got an end. So he's been really getting into all this um, nice. and as much as possible like i i um i've been getting him over to the workshop and we've been doing little projects and things um as and when we can uh but obviously at the moment it's it's not easy because social distancing and and all of that so um so i've not seen him well i've, I've not been able to get him over to the workshop in uh, a while uh, but we've been putting on to a load of uh different youtube channels um uh most of which i've already talked about on here before the other one is um engineering explained uh which is um it's a really good one for kind of breaking down simplifying uh engineering solutions make it kind of easily understandable um for anyone including my nephew who's got the attention span of al um, <laughs> hey what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was going to shout them out, but if they've got like 3 million subscribers and I'm fairly certain that anybody that was looking into engineering would easily be able to find it anyway. Uh, so instead, I'm going to go the other way and I'm going to give a shout out to Gil, who cooked me a lovely meal yesterday. 
mm-hmm. because he is a fantastic chef. And, uh, and yeah, it, it, like I, what I love about Gil is he will go and find random things in the forest and cook them up on an open fire. He is uh, like, like one of the, one of my favorite recipes he does is, um, is the plank fish where, you know, he nails a uh, fish to a plank and cooks it over the fire, but he uses um, seaweed and things like that behind it to give it flavor and to keep it uh, nice and moist to stop it from drying out and things. Um, But yeah, he's just a, that sounds so good. Nice, oh, so good. Um, yeah, he's a super nice guy and makes some amazing food. Um, so yeah, go go check him out. He's uh, he's well worth a follow, and he's always putting recipes and things up on his Instagram um, for you to check out as well. So yeah, that's it. Nice. Uh, any other business? Anything else? Anyone? No. No. Cool. But thank thank you guys for having me. I think it has been, I don't know, two years or something longer. Wow, yeah. It yeah, was I definitely in my tiny house when I, when we recorded the first time. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Every time you build our tiny house, we, we seem to get you on. Yeah, that's because I'm always building. <laughs> 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 no, it's 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 really cool. That's one thing. I um, I was a little bit sick of traveling so much, to be honest, in the last couple of years. Ever since I started the YouTube thing, I I uh, put an emphasis on being international and being there and meeting everybody, and I really wanted all of this. And then I got very very tired of it, and now yeah. I I'm slowly, I'm slowly like yeah, I could I could do a meetup, I could travel somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's gonna be a while until we can meet each other face to face. So until then, it's really nice to see you virtually and catch up. Yeah, well, it's been yeah. really good to see you as well. And uh, yeah, hopefully it won't be too long before we can all do it in person again. Um, yeah. But yeah, right. Uh, I apologize in advance for the thumbnail, Laura. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I could see you were working on it earlier on. Uh, Okay, I'm excited to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so if... Uh, if people want to find Laura, then just type in Laura Kampf. She's on... Or type in uh, Margarete Schütte-Diotsky and you yep. will... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry. Let's try it. <laughs> uh, yeah, check her out on uh, on YouTube and Instagram, especially Instagram for all the stories and tips and things that uh, go into the stories. And especially with the stories, there's always more smoother than there is in the videos. So... It's definitely worth checking out the stories for that. Um, and if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. No, Shack Shack! Yeah, if you want to find us as a group, uh, Fools for Tools. Um, I think that's it. We love you all. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Laura. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.